Welcome to Beyond the Routine with Bettina and Nick Shimanek. The podcast where we step away from the workouts and get real about life. We're a husband and wife duo, performance trainers, parents, and health and wellness experts. When we're not training professional athletes or traveling the world filming or leading workouts, we're sharing about life beyond the routine and how we find balance in all the unexpected and the chaos that our careers bring. Whether you're here to see what's going on in our crazy lives or how we manage our work-life balance, or you're interested in improving your overall health, we're here to take you beyond beyond the the routine. Okay, welcome back to Beyond the Routine with Bettina and Nick Shimanek. Yo. We are here today with a little follow-up from our last episode where we talked about set life today we're going to dive in a little bit deeper into touring life tour life yeah so yeah nick went on tour with mgk aka uh, machine gun kelly aka colson yeah colson baker he's your friend yeah (laughs) my brother yeah he always talks about colson i'm like oh yeah Yeah. mgk mgk that's right uh but yeah we're gonna chat through a few different things you know what life is like on the road if we obviously yeah. had two different experiences i was in the van you were the like working on the tour yep. um unfortunately you were on the eras tour i mean if that would be really nice you would probably would have got a really nice bonus yeah, yeah. that would have been nice <laughs> That's uh, taylor swift thing. Yeah, 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 like, yeah 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 if yeah, you don't I'm like yeah she, swift joke yeah. fucking right over my head <laughs> yeah, yeah she if you don't know she she's popular she yeah She's, she's kind of a big deal, yeah. but she bonused all her truck drivers like $100,000, right? Uh, yeah, I think it was $100,000. Was it $100,000? I think it was yeah. $100,000. I thought it was more than that, but if it was, I mean, I either think, way, I that's think an extra. I think it was a bonus, yeah. It's pretty nice. Uh, yeah. yeah, and there was like 50 of them. Yeah. Because they got so, like, the the like the set, how many people work in the crew, like, yeah. whenever I went up, t- Colson's pretty big. MGK's a, like he's a big name yeah. and i think there was like two or three buses right. and then a few trucks right. and she has like a hundred fucking trucks uh, no, it's like, wild. It's just wild. to carry all the shit from the set and exactly. yeah i can't imagine the setting up and breaking down after each show right. that goes into that right Oof. well between yeah, that a- uh we're gonna talk about what the life life is like on the road uh how to access food and fitness and what that's like for two different, uh, I mean, obviously mine's not as interesting being on, we, we played like at bars and stuff, but, yeah. you know, we played small town college towns and we got the, you know, the good old 24 hour fitness. Um, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit more about some tips that, you know, that we did to, to stay healthy. Um, that wasn't the healthiest time of my life, but, you know, what we did at the time. And then um, I, I think that's it. So yeah. just dive in into it. Yeah. So which tour did you actually go on with him? Um, uh, the one that I went on first was his Hotel Diablo tour. His, um, it was, I think he's dropped two or three albums since then. Take us to my downfall and mainstream sellout. But anyways, it was, it was a couple albums ago. And um, he was headlining that tour. Yeah, he was headlining that tour. Um, <clears throat> I went on. It's kind of wild how I got started with him, actually, um, how fast it happened. You just messaged him on Instagram, right? Yeah, yeah. I shot him a message on Instagram. Slid into his DMs. Slid into his DMs like, hey, what's up, bro? I uh, I train like professional athletes and I've never trained a rock star or musician, but I'm sure I could figure it out <laughs> is basically what I said. <laughs> and he responded with, can you be at the house on Monday? 
Isn't that wild? And I was like, I, I'm convinced. Sure. I'm convinced that he wanted you to train him because you kind of look like him. No. <laughs> A no. lot of people, everyone always says that you look like him. Yeah. Well, that was <laughs> a, a little side note on that. I was at um, Saquon's house a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And like, obviously on my social media, there's been pictures of me and Colson, not for a long time, but I've posted some in the, in the past and Saquon's little brother and his friend uh, were just in the kitchen hanging out and I was making breakfast and this and that. And then I said something about like, yeah, my brother dropped a new song or something like just just joking around. And he was like, yeah, how's your brother doing? Like Saquon's little brother and his friend actually like oh, legitimately yeah. thought that <laughs> the MGK was my brother. And I'm like, no, I just meant like my bro, like my homie, yeah. you know, and he was like, bro, I thought I thought he was legit, like your oh, brother. Yeah. And I was like, people always think, yeah, that, yeah when you, because there's that one picture where you're walking on the ledge or he's walking on the ledge and you're walking right next to him. And we look the same. Yeah. You got, y'all look the same. And then yeah. Aluna, well, there was a bunch of times where we were at the venue and people that work the venue, security or whatever, would like walk past me. Hey, you ready for a killer show tonight? And I'm like, <laughs> fuck yeah, bro. What the <laughs> fuck? I would just go with it. Ready to rock That's this awesome. fucking light this stage on fire. A Luna fuck? swim teacher. When you didn't come to class one day, he was like, Hey, I know this sounds really random, but your husband looks like MGK. <laughs> You're like, oh God, here we go. <laughs> Yeah, I had to draw. I had to tell him though that you trained him. Oh so. well, yeah, because <laughs> like, that's that's the spin. Like yeah. a bunch of people yes. say, "Wow, you look just like then him." Don't like, even know. Yeah, it's wild that yeah that yeah. I actually worked with him. Yeah, yeah. So whenever I first um, reached out to him, I just like I said, I shot him a DM on Instagram. Hey, like, would you want to work? And and he said, like, let's do it. Can you start on Monday? Like, come to the house and uh, and uh, on Monday, and we'll we'll get to it. So. The very first day, like, I feel like I've been around some pretty high profile people. I don't really get starstruck, but I had been listening to this motherfucker since I was in ninth grade. Like I was, I had literally been listening <laughs> to his music. I didn't even know who he was. Yeah, no, but I, <laughs> me and my brother started listening to him whenever, literally whenever I was in ninth grade. Yeah. Um, my brother has a double X tattooed on him, like behind his ear for um, EST for like Colson's. Oh, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, so that? they have like their little logo is like two X's, oh. and my brother had a has it tattooed behind his ear. Oh, I didn't. But whenever he got the tattoo, I was fifteen. Yeah, B but we just liked him yeah. so much that he got it, and I couldn't even get the tattoo. So we have been we had been listening to him for legit like nine or ten years prior to this. Yeah, prior to this happening. So going back to what I said, like been around like the best athletes on the planet, and this celebrity, that's the. Whenever I pulled up to his house, I was like, fuck, this is, this is different. <laughs> this is like, I just felt like my heart was like beating and I was just like, this is like, I'm actually kind of getting a little starstruck almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was. Rock that stars was, are different too. Cause you've been, a, you've been around athletes and rock stars just have a different energy too. Yeah. So that's, that's hilarious. For sure. And most of the, the really high profile athletes like might be my friends right. or something, you know, so it's a different dynamic, but yeah, I just remember sitting in my car, like texting him, yo, I'm here. Like, what do I do now? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> fuck, hopefully this guy comes out, like whatever. And yeah. it was, we ended up going inside and, and training for like 30 minutes, 45 minutes. It wasn't anything crazy. Um, and this was prior to Hotel Diablo releasing. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I think it was going to release in like a week or something. And him and Rook, his drummer, took me into the studio. And we listened to every song two or three times over, like on the entire album that he was about to drop. We, nice. we stayed in the studio for four hours, five hours. Nice. Just hung out, bullshitted. Um, it was... And I just remember thinking like, oh, fuck, this is like, this is different. This is, this is wild. But then because we had that, um, you built that as rapport. our very first, mm-hmm. that was literally our very first time that I met him. We trained for 30 minutes and then I hung out for four hours. Mm-hmm. So then the next day that I showed up, I was like, this is just like a fucking another guy. This is a normal guy. You yeah. know what I mean? So that, that kind of in awe moment that I had whenever I first pulled up. By the second day, it was gone because I was like, this fucking guy is just like me. Yeah. He's just chilling, wants to hang yeah. out with his friends. Like, he just happens to be a rock star. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, oh, I so love it was that. fun. Yeah. So what was the general lifestyle when you guys were on the on the road? Um, Because what was this tour like? You know, well, obviously we, we touched on uh, yeah. Taylor Swift having so many buses. What What do you think yeah. that was in comparison to that, I mean, I know she, he's um, not he's Swift, but he's pretty, he's he's pretty big, high up yeah. there. Yeah. Um, well, I think the first the first tour that I went on for probably two or three months, maybe four months with him, um, like off and on. So I would go out for a couple of weeks, come back to L.A. for a week, go back out for a few days. So I was kind of I wasn't just living on the tour bus for three or four straight months. Um, but what was the longest it, stretch that you did? Um, probably like a month, month and a half. Oh, OK. Yeah. But it wasn't like I'm on tour and I'm not getting back to Los Angeles until this tour is over. Is like yeah. I had the freedom to kind of pop in and out. Um, but as far as it's like it was his tour, and again, he's big, but he's at the time now it's different. Now he's even bigger than he was. Yeah. But at the time, it's not like it's not like he's doing like MSG or like American Airlines Center. He's not doing stadiums quite yet. Was it like House of Blues or? Um, yeah, I think House of Blues. There was like, uh, he did like the PlayStation venue, I think in New York City um, instead of doing Madison Square Garden. Still like, still big venues. Yeah, of like course. 5, 10, 15,000 people, but not like a 25,000, 30,000 seat stadium, you know, like like T-Swift and them are doing. Um, so it was cool because it was, like it would be, you know, two nights in a row, he would play New York City and then he would go play Portland, Maine. Mm. And it's like a town of 50,000 people. But the the, the 1,500, 2,000 people that showed up to that show or however many it was that showed up to that show, it was like they were ready to fucking go. It was like, how many people go to Portland, Maine? Sounds to like the college towns I used to play back yeah. in the day. Yeah, exactly. So he, uh, he, he certainly had like one, he has obviously a very specific audience to start. Yeah. So then, especially in those small markets, it's like, right. He's coming to town and people, people really, really gear up for it and, and get ready. Yeah, to go. I, I honestly had no idea who he was until I met him at Vitru whenever we were training there and you were, you you were I don't know if you were training him or he was getting work done and I was like that yeah. guy looks like he's probably a big deal but we're in L A so I don't who even knows? know yeah who knows and yeah, then yeah. I think later on you were like yeah it's MGK and I was like huh who's that yeah yeah <laughs> but it's uh, kind of funny because I, I he he has like such a mix of um, genres of music like yeah. he's got this punk rock 
kind of vibe, and then he tried to go rap. But like, I I really like no, leaning into that punk. Rap. He started rap and then went punk rock. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So y'all were listening to him here thing. when he was like trying to be rap. Rap. Yeah, because yeah, he went on he tour with Young. He was trying to be rap. He, I mean, was, he was, rap. was still a big. Yeah. Like he still had. Because he went on tour with Young Thug, songs. right? And that's yeah, the he one you went for. For Young Thug, but even whenever he opened for Young Thug, it was for. He was getting into his like punk rock stage. Mm. Um, but yeah, his first nine or 10 years was like, I mean, you've heard, definitely heard some of the songs, but it's, it's 99% rap. Yeah. Like most of it is, is rap. There might be kind of like a little edgy. Yeah. Kind of pop song, I guess, maybe. Sure. Um, but for the most part, it was like, it was rap for sure. Like I'm listening to this shit before the games, like. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of getting me going like that. So yeah. it's not, it wasn't like the stuff that he plays now. Yeah. You know, well, let's talk about his training. Um, in the episode with Kirsty that we did, she talked about how, when she was training Olivia Rodrigo, obviously they're on stage for an extended period of time and it's a lot of energy. I mean, I played in a cover band playing three hours on stage and that's, it's not, it's not yeah. easy. And he's doing all sorts of things. He's getting up in the air he's climbing on shit yeah. it's like wild. he was wild and i knew that going into it um because i'd one i had already been to shows like oh, before i was him. even yeah, yeah. like one spring break i went down to um south padre island down in south texas and me and my brother went and watched him oh, play nice. um and i was like i was a freshman in, in college at the time oh i bet that was so cool watching it him. was yeah it was really cool we literally just drove down there for that and then drove back the next day it was like a seven or eight hour one-way trip but we just wanted to watch him um so so yeah he was i mean like you said he's he's like so talented and he's so versatile with with how he can yeah I mean, rap songs, pop songs, yeah. punk rock. So um, it was definitely fun being in the mix now, like, because I'm seeing what goes on behind the scenes. I'm seeing him record songs on the tour bus, record a song and then release it two weeks later, three weeks later. And then it's number two on Billboard Hot 100. And it's like, fuck, I was like in the room whenever he recorded that song like yeah. that's pretty sick you know so what did he do for training when he was on tour um for training it was i mean he's still a rock star so he still went to sleep at three four five o'clock in the morning and yeah. woke up at one or two o'clock in the afternoon um basically how my day would go because i didn't go to sleep at five or six o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. um well i guess side note the best decision that i ever made whenever i first got on tour was I took a red eye the very first day that I'm on tour. I took a red eye to Detroit. I get to Detroit at like three or four o'clock in the morning and they're playing that venue that night. So they had, this is the day one of Hotel Diablo tour. I get to the, uh, I land in Detroit. I Uber to the venue. Again, this is three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. Um, I see two buses parked outside of the venue, Hotel Diablo buses. One bus says crew bus. One bus says band bus. And I'm looking at them like, Obviously, Colson's going to be on the band bus, but I'm going to go ahead and put my luggage on this crew bus just in case. Like, I don't really know. Yeah. I'm going to wake anybody up. And it was the best decision that I ever made because the crew just wants to break this, the yeah, set down yep. after the end of the night. And these motherfuckers are getting back in bed by 12, 1230. The band is staying up all night until they get to the next city with the girls with what like it was a whole different vibe on the band yeah. bus 
Um, so if I would have done that, it would have been like, I would have been staying up till six or seven. Just because you had no choice. Just because I had no choice because it was blaring music and it yeah. was, you know, this and that. So I went on the, the crew bus. So it was basically me and like five or six, 40, 50 year old dudes. And it was like, they're trying to get the fuck to sleep. Yeah, and I'm like, gotta work. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, how my schedule would work since I went to bed at a normal hour, say we would drive from, you know, somewhere in one of the Carolinas up to Pittsburgh. And then we get to Pittsburgh. I would wake up at eight, nine o'clock in the morning in Pittsburgh, go explore the city, knowing that once like one or two o'clock comes around, I need to be back at the venue in case he wakes up. Mm. Um, and I want to be ready to go as soon as he wakes up. So basically I would just, he, he wakes up at two. Um, I, obviously I'm, we, we don't wake up. We don't train as soon as he gets up, he right. comes in the dressing room, kind of like gets a feel for the, for the venue, walks around a little bit, wakes up. And then we would train at, maybe three or four, like an hour, a couple hours after he's been awake. Um, and then we would stretch right before he went on stage. And then we'd stretch as soon as he got off stage. Mm. So there was like a, there was like a 30 to 45 minute training window midday. Um, and then there was like a 15, 20 minute stretch period right before the set, before the show. So he could feel good climbing on this fucking, yeah. you know, up this balcony and jumping off of this. And, um, and then it's a very demanding, very taxing show because of the way that he performs. So then for like the first 15 or 20 minutes post show before anybody else came in the dressing room, um, we would like stretch out and, and kind of recover and, and relieve some of that tension and pressure that he just built up during the, yeah during the set. So you're doing a lot of stretching with him before and after where your training sessions really focused on like. Uh, conditioning strength. I mean, um, you know, obviously he's doing his conditioning on on like, the set. On, yeah, yeah. on the set. But... So there's not really a ton of point for me to do right. like, hey, let's go jump on a treadmill and just go. Right. Like we're not really doing that. Um, it was and 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 what, at, did you have equipment on set or on site? Just or? stuff that I had brought. Okay. Um, like I think we had a small kettlebell. Mm-hmm. We had like some bands, basic stuff. Like yeah. you know, if you're gonna do an at home workout and you don't have a ton of equipment, I just assumed that. We would never have equipment. Yeah. You know, I would, unless it was the bands and stuff that I brought. Yeah. I assume that I would have to just figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, because so, he's so not I'd just going to want to go to a gym or no, something. No, we can't just yeah. go to a gym. Yeah. And that takes an extra hour or two, like just going, getting ready to go to the gym and getting back from the gym. And it's like, that's too much of his day. He just needs to, hey, I'm ready to go. Let's get 30 minutes. I'm mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. You know, now I can think about this set list. I can think about yep. tweaking like how the show is and talking to the producers and this and that. So, um, but I basically just assumed that I didn't, I didn't have any equipment. Yeah. So I, I mean, there's videos of me, like he's doing like dips with his hands on some chairs and I have like a cinder block in his lap to add a little resistance and a little weight for the dip. It's just a cinder block that I found at the venue. Yeah. Um, like I would just find random pieces and implement them into our strength. But as far as the exact methods, um, like you said, it wasn't like a ton of conditioning because mm-hmm. he was getting so much of that on stage. Um, and he's already like a lean, a thin guy. Yeah. Uh, but on the flip side of that, he does a lot of like modeling. And for 
fashion or for whatever the front of GQ or the front of Rolling Stone or like whatever it is. He he does a lot of that type of stuff too. And he doesn't want to be um like this jacked like Yeah, his look is just like this lean this lean like, kind of yeah. edgy. He basically was saying like I want to basically be between what I am currently and you. Mm. You know, it's kind of like where he wanted to gain like eight to 10 pounds, maybe add just a little yeah. bit, but he never wanted to be like, I, I don't want to be jacked, bro. Yeah. And I'm like, I get it. Like yeah. this, if you're out here walking around, like fucking, yeah. <laughs> you look like you're on steroids and shit. That's not good for your look and your image. Yeah. You are this wiry kind of super lean, yeah. like strong facial feature. You're that guy. So like, I want you to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And I think we can add a little bit of muscle, certainly. That's just going to help your everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I'm not in here like trying to get him to look like a middle right. linebacker. You're just trying to get him to feel really good feel during good. his sets. More so, it's just about I want him to feel good. Yeah. You know, when that when I was traveling in my van, we were obviously just in a little minivan going from one place to the other. But then we would have these late night gas station stops. So, of course, we were eating gummy bears, uh, all the sweets. It was probably a McDonald's um, ice cream cone because it was 3 a.m. And why, why not? Yeah. Um, and having that was just so challenging because, you know, obviously getting you're you're getting off work so late. So there's nothing quote unquote healthy on the road for him. I imagine obviously it's similar because of the times they're traveling, but I I would imagine as a rock star, he has certain things on his rider and he has stuff to act to access. But I was listening to an interview with Steve Aoki recently, and he is very into biohacking. Like he wants to live a long time. Like that's just his philosophy. He wants to be here on this planet for as long as possible. But even him traveling all around the world, he says that it's still so hard, even with all the money and all the access yeah. to get healthy food. Does it feel it like it was the same? For oh y'all? yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, m- mainly because the hours, Yeah, like, like you said, it's part, like right? two or three o'clock in the morning. How do you find something? like super healthy um did he have anything on his rider that you remember that he was like that um, was like the thing that that's he like needed? his runner that yeah, or, yeah, like, stuff uh, yeah like um the rider is like like you know on set if you're like if you're like oh i need i need cliff bars cliff and bar this and that yeah, yeah whatever um no i think he i think he like he he likes drinking like tea and shit just to soothe mm. his voice um but from a food standpoint it wasn't like Hey, there has to be some bananas in there. There has to be this in there. There has to be that. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he, uh, like, I'm sure there was. Yeah. Who some knows? He could be different now. Some too. consistency. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure there's some consistency in that. But um, like yeah, like the difficult part was what's open at this hour. Yeah. Or what's open at this hour. In Portland, Maine, like I said earlier, oh, it's yeah. like what's, you know, what's po- in New York City, it's not as bad because like we would walk around in Harlem at four o'clock in the morning and we would get the fucking open. best empanadas that you've ever had in your life. <laughs> oh, that sounds um, so good. I yeah. remember you writing home about these. <laughs> yeah. I remember eating the, yeah. I remember eating the empanadas in Harlem um, while he was shooting a music video at like a pharmacy, like an old rundown pharmacy. And I'm just standing outside in Harlem eating empanadas. And I remember seeing a New York City rat and being like, 
what the fuck is that? It looked like a 25 pound rat. That was my first experience because I'd never been to New York City. Yeah. So that was that was a beautiful thing about going on tour with him. Yeah, like, I got to see so many I got things. to see so many places that I had never been. Yeah. You know, and like I said earlier, because because he's a rock star and he wasn't waking up until one, two, three o'clock in the afternoon. I, w- I would just go explore. Like I went to a Pirates game one time, Pittsburgh yeah. Pirates game, just because yeah. I knew. He wasn't going to be awake at 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So it was fun. I love that. Yeah. But um. he like he likes his. There were certain things I forget exactly what he liked now. I think he likes salmon pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um. And it was a little easier on the East Coast getting access to stuff like that. Like when in doubt, I knew that he would like salmon. Yeah. Um. And then we would go to middle America. And it might not be as easy to get like a good cut of salmon. Yeah. If we're in Nebraska or like whatever yeah, yeah. it is, you know. Um, so I think we would just have to kind of be um, adaptable. Yeah. I guess. And know that our our diet and our meal plan isn't going to be perfect. Yeah. Uh, necessarily. We just got to try to do the best we can to to reach the goals that you're trying to get to. Yeah. You know, it's so challenging. It's it's just, yeah. It's very yeah, hard. It's just, like, Whether like you, you got all the money be, in the world or especially not. Especially because of those hours. Yeah. Unless you have like a private chef. I'm sure T Swift has like a chef that's has his own bus and yeah, his own. Probably. I just imagine that he has his own yeah. <laughs> like his travel own kitchen. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think even like at that point in my career, cause he was like, people don't know. He was my first client. Yeah. It was literally my first client that I ever had. Which is wild. Like, I never had Joe, who was an accountant at the bank. Like, I never had any of that. My first client. So, I worked for this guy for like two or three months in Los Angeles. Didn't have a great experience. I left. Training athletes. Training athletes. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have a great experience working for this guy. Um, So, I decided to be done working with this guy. But before I just quit and left i needed to get some some type of revenue some type of income so i that's whenever i reached out to him as soon as i went over there that first day i was like damn i feel like this can turn into something yeah yo sorry i'm done <laughs> working with you so yeah, i, I yeah, left yeah. the other guy and he yeah mgk was my first like my client that i got yeah. so you shot um, you 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 uh slid in the dms and got your uh yeah you got wish in. granted. Yeah, I got in. <laughs> well, um, but it was because it was so early on in my career, I didn't like I didn't know a ton about nutrition. I knew I knew the basics. I knew yeah. what not to eat and what to eat and like yeah. what's good for you and what's not. But it, I didn't know timing and but it after also, the workout. This is like also a good reminder for coaches that it doesn't matter how many years that you've been in it. It's really about the relationship and how you vibe with someone yeah. when it comes to being someone's coach. <clears throat> yeah. Because obviously he saw you and then met you, hung out, let you stay at his home for four more hours after yeah. training him. He yeah. was like, all right, this guy's not a weirdo. Yeah. Then invites you on tour. Yeah. Played <laughs> played music, like played his song that had been released. Yes. Like, you know, obviously yeah. he trusted me right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I tell people that all the time, like for the coaches. We've talked about it on here before. It's like, it's one thing to know everything in the textbook and have this photographic memory. You know everything about nutrition and training and how the body adapts. But like, if you can't connect with the person that's right in front of you, that shit doesn't mean anything. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's that was like a very prime classic example of that. I didn't have a ton of schooling. I didn't have a ton of like education in the space just yet. 
I was just trying to build all that. Um, but he liked me enough, um, and was bought in enough to me that we made it work, you know? And he certainly saw results and like, we were, we went hard for like a year and a half or so. Like he was four or five times a week, six times a week for like a year and a half. Um, and then obviously like life happens and, you know, he, he gets in a relationship and then there's not as much time for that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff, stuff comes up. So we kind of ended up falling out of it. Um, but yeah, for like a year and a half, two years, we were, but you're, y'all are still close. I mean, he'll text you every once in a while. He'll message you and not, not as much, probably once or twice a year, like not very frequently. Mm. Um, I'll try to tap in with him and just touch base. Sometimes I talk to some of my best friends only once or twice a year. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's adulting. Yeah. So I'll try to, I'll try to connect with him and, and even the other guys in the band too. Cause obviously being around, like I wasn't just around him. Like I was around Slim, Rook, Bays, you know, Dre, all the managers, Dante. I was. I was with all these guys all day long, yeah. you know, no, you're so building a relationship, with built them. a relationship with all of them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I think that's so it's just such a cool and, and inspiring story for a lot of coaches, because I think nowadays there are so many old school coaches that are like, oh, well, they don't have the years and have this and that. And we can even be salty about people on Instagram, you know, that have all these followers and they might not even be certified. But the truth is they, those are the people that are making the changes in people's lives and they're influencing people to take action. And that's what you've been able to do for MGK. So that's really great. You even yeah. helped him on his men's health shoot that he did. Yeah. So, you know, there's it's it's really cool to to see that relationship flourish because for sure you don't have to have the many years. People are always like, what did you do? What did you, you took your shot and you just did it. Yeah. Yeah. I took my shot and he like, he, he accepted and he certainly took care of me. Yeah. Um, like we made it, we turned it into a, a pretty long relationship. So, yeah. um, I think it was good for both parties. Yeah. You know, um, and I wish, I wish I would have been able to go on the world tour. Yeah. Like I wish a couple <laughs> things would have been different. Yeah. Um, like yeah, I, you got a lot more than a lot of people do. But yeah, yeah of course, I'm <laughs> I'm incredibly grateful for yeah. everything that I got to do with him. Um, and the tour that he opened for yeah. Thug, opened for Young Thug, like seeing someone that big, um, up and close, uh, up up and close and in, in person, seeing someone do the stadiums, yeah. And it was it was a, certainly a cool experience. Well, let's wrap it up with uh, any funny stories that you can remember on. on any funny stories? Funny stories, silly stories, interesting stories. Interesting stories. Um, I think. I think that I think just I mean, you know, like the entire the entire time that I was with him. um. I learned a lot. This isn't necessarily funny, but maybe interesting if you're a coach listening to this. I learned a lot about how to talk to certain individuals and certain like clientele because I can't talk to him the same way that I talk to my athletes, Mm -hmm. you know, because my athletes know this performance thing, this weightlifting, running, taking care of your body, eating the right food. This is mandatory because this is my job. My body depends on my job. Yeah. Uh, or excuse me, my job rather depends on my body. Like I have to be. But for for Colson, musicians, they write music. They sit, I write music. They like what studio. the fuck do I got to be healthy for? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it was harder for me 
to to pull that out of him yeah you know because it's like like i'm telling you bro like we need to we need to work out today but he hasn't worked out consistent like i was whenever i got introduced he was that was the first time that he had really ever trained Mm -hmm. like ever so it was like and that's not surprising because that's so typical with musicians yeah 100 Mm percent. it's not surprising so then for me it was like okay this guy's literally as far as his training experience goes he's an infant like Mm -hmm. he's he has zero experience so i need to be able to communicate what we're trying to accomplish in a way that gets him to buy in to training and to, you know, it really matters what you put in your body. And again, I'm not like, I'm not an idiot. Like mm-hmm. I know he's a rock star and right. he's going to drink and he's going to smoke yeah. weed and he's going to do this. Like, I'm not going to be the guy on the bus. Like, are you sure you want to put that substance in your right. body? <laughs> you know, like I'm not a fucking vibe killer. Um, I would certainly try to steer him in the right direction. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe another interesting story was we were sitting at one of those smaller venues, maybe, maybe Rhode Island or Maine or something. And, um, it was literally just from the time he woke up at like two or three o'clock in the afternoon to the time he went on set, usually like in, in, um, New York city, fucking Pete Davidson's there, P Diddy's like every, like everybody is there. Cause it's in the city. Everybody yeah. that has an affiliation with him is coming to watch this show. Nobody's going to Maine. Like nobody's going to Rhode <laughs> Island. So, so f- since the time he woke up at two or three o'clock in the afternoon to the time he went on set at like nine or 10 PM, it was literally only me, me and him the mm. entire time. Um, this is funny. I was his weed man. Um, so I rolled all of his joints that he would smoke on stage. That's why I became a proficient roller. But I would roll all of his his joints whenever probably 10, 20 joints right before he would go on stage every day. And then that would last him throughout the end of the day. Um, but I remember there was this one time that he was about to go on stage. And we had only smoked. He hadn't drank not one single thing, done any other drugs. He had only smoked. And he looked at me and said, bro, have I had anything to drink today? And I was like, I mean, you've been, I've been giving you water all day. Like, what are you talking? He was like, no, if I had anything, like if I had a shot of tequila and I was like, no, bro, we just been chilling in here. It's been me and you all day. And he was like, bro, this is the first time since I've been doing this that I'm about to perform and I'm not fucking hammered. And Uh I'm not like. Because that's how he got himself yeah. into that yeah, and he got him, like, wild fucking, mm-hmm. yeah, he would just get, get fucked up backstage, which is what I'm sure 99% of yeah. musicians do, like, especially rock stars in that genre. Yes. And yeah, it was just like a cool experience yeah. where he was like, it, like, he didn't say, bro, you're having an influence on me, yeah. but that's the way that I perceived it yeah. because he was like, bro, I haven't even that's great. I haven't had a drink. Like all I've done is smoked. And I'm about to go on stage and I'm like, yeah, bro, we're moving in the right direction. Yeah. You know, like this is fucking, this is awesome. Like you're, you're starting to take this serious and, mm-hmm. and whether that lasted or whether that didn't last is neither here nor there because I'm pretty sure the next, yeah. next show he was <laughs> yeah. back to his, his of old course, ways, but, but just having that yeah. one, that one instance yeah. where he was like, okay, this Nick's here with me for a reason. Yeah. Like this is actually making sense this is actually working um so it was cool for him to kind of see that and experience a different you know yeah 
piece of of his performance or whatever that he may have never experienced prior to that. I love it. Yeah. Cool. That sounded like a way better experience than I ever had on tour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. A lot of fun, way bigger venues, uh, way bigger name. Yeah. Has anyone heard of Your Villain, My Hero? I played bass for them once. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. If you don't know, I used to play in a band and it was a cover band that I used to play in. Yeah. My Give yourself place. some credit though. It was you fun. were actually in the band. I was so in that's the band. It was fun. It was definitely it was a different time. perspective for, for you. Yeah. And it was also um, before I became a trainer. So it was definitely yeah. a way different experience. But yeah. no, it's it's really cool to hear what the real like touring life is like because yeah. we had just like the the like you're in a van you're in yeah. a van and you're I was just on a bus you're, you're packing your own stuff yeah 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 so, and, and i would obviously like we're going around place to place i'm seeing seeing different venues and it was it was just an incredible experience for me for hopefully for him yeah. you know if he ever listens to this podcast hopefully <laughs> he feels like he got something out of it as yeah. well um but it was certainly like that first year of my training career, yeah. that was yeah. like I couldn't That's ask for much experience. more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Well, love it. If yeah. you or anyone you know is an MGK fan, Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Make sure yeah. you share this episode with your MGK fans or anyone that's curious about touring. Maybe you're a trainer that's about to go on tour. Yep. Love to hear what y'all think. And if you have anything that you want to ask us, make sure you message us at contact at beyondtheroutinepodcast.com. Peace, y'all. Peace. Just real quick, we'd like to remind you that while we are fitness and wellness professionals, we are not doctors or prescribing any medical advice. We do advise that before you change any of your habits or routines, you always should check with your healthcare provider.